Welcome to the Corporate Venturing Insider Series, where I interview top practitioners in the CVC world and learn with you the best practices and golden nuggets that they have accumulated over their career. In this episode, we will be learning from Kei Onishi, CEO and Managing Director of Yamaha Motor Ventures. Kei, could you take a few minutes to share your story and how you got to where you are today? Thank you so much for having me here. It's my pleasure to share my personal and also professional story here. I, I, I studied about mechanical engineering and robotics and university and also grad school. And I joined Yamaha in 2008. So in, in the middle of financial crisis. So I was super passionate about mobility, cars and motorcycles. And also I wanted to work in a company that has enough exposure to overseas market outside of Japan. And Yamaha, Yamaha's 90% of revenue comes from overseas outside of Japan, which is, you know, Yamaha is quite a multinational company. So I joined Yamaha as a manufacturing engineer. So I spent first few years as a manufacturing engineer, setting up a new production line or the design the production process for the crankshaft, which is a component for ice engine products. Then in 2012, I got an opportunity to study in the US. So I went to business school and I studied the business. And the motivation for me to go to business school was solely about like my the passion towards innovation. After that, in 2015, I came back to the mothership, Yamaha Motor Corporation, which is the mothership of us, Yamaha Motor Ventures. And 2015 was actually the year that Yamaha Motor started doing startup investment and set up Yamaha Motor Ventures in the Bay Area, California. So back then, it was all about balance sheet investment. Well, all deal are sourced by the team in the Bay Area, but all deals Go, need to go through management committee in pairing company side. So I was in the pairing company side to get to the global discussing with my management committee members. I was doing such a kind of stuff. And so after spending like the doing few first few the, of the balance sheet investments, Yamaha also I was in I, I was part of the new business development division. And Yamaha wanted to try something new to create new business internally. And Yamaha created a spin out startup. And I was stationed to the startup and led the business development, product development, etc. for two years. And we hit the milestone and I came back to the parent company to found and also lead the, the group of digital transformation. And I was leading two teams, like the digital marketing and also data analytics team and internal consulting group slash implementation partner to help each business units globally to transform themselves using the power of digital technologies. Then last year, January 2022, I got opportunity to lead the Yamaha Motor Ventures in the Bay Area and I took this role and responsibility. And so far, it's been really, really exciting and very challenging time. And I quite enjoy working in this environment. Thank you, Kay. It's interesting. So TDK is the same. 90% of the sales is outside Japan. One part of your experience, which is quite unique compared to other people I've interviewed, is your experience of spinning out a startup and being involved with that startup. Can you talk about that experience and how useful it is for your job today as a head of a CVC? 
Sure. Uh, but then Yamaha had only Yamaha has been only focusing on in, in organic business development, completely focus on internal development. And maybe yeah, also we have some MA, so like inorganic or organic. So Yamaha wanted to try something different way to nurture new business ideas. Ideas from in, in ideas are generated internally, but help the idea to hatch as having like external resources or capabilities. So Yamaha actually invested into one VC and uh, it's a VC in Japan. And uh, the venture capital established one, the sort of sub, uh, independent company under the fund. And uh, the LP can send the transfer, the idea, and also stationing one or two people to the company. And the VC provides like capital and also the support and many kinds of support to the company to help them help the idea to hatch. That was a, one of the new interesting way to nurture or sort of acceleration program, but it was pretty interesting one. So the idea of the business of the startup is I call it gathering environmental air quality environmental information using mobility. So we are a mobility company. Back then we had an idea that why don't we use our mobility as a sort of probe to gather environmental information. And I, I think it's, it was a bit too early to focus on sustainability or environment back then. But yeah, it, it was a really great, uh, interesting idea. And similar to, I think, Aklima, I think Google invested into the company and that was our idea. And uh, learnings from the experience was really enormous. I didn't realize how hard it is to start a company and starting from incorporation and uh, doing day-to-day and day stuff and the hiring and business planning and going to customer and get rejected and, go and modify your product, define your product and business model and go to the clients again and again. And that's endless, endless journey. I, I didn't, you wouldn't be able to have that kind of experience if you are just a part of large corporation. So it, it can, it, I, I was, yeah, if I could do that, I would do it again, but it's, I finally understood that's a startup life. You, you wouldn't be able to really understand it from bottom of your heart without doing that. That's why I can, of course, I didn't succeed as a unicorn startup, but at least it helped me to understand what kind of support we should do to the our port of to our portfolio companies to be uh, putting our foot into their shoes and uh, that's helped it is really helpful for me running the cbc program i really like the way you answered actually first i like the some of the words you use which is like nurture and hatch like an egg hatching yeah but also and this is part of the hatching process how hard it is to start a business yes. and what i like is that then you link that experience to empathy and understanding of how to support these young startups. So maybe I want to double click on that part. What it is that you've learned from that experience, which now you're very sensitive on how to support maybe one or two examples of what you do. Yeah. The most important 
point, most important thing always keep in my mind is always we need to put the startup or entrepreneurs up the, at the core or first. Of course, we can maybe uh, as an investor, it's a mi- sometimes it's mixture. Like for example, Yamaha has a robotics business in it. And let's say we invest into robotics startup and potentially we can sell our units to the startup as a sort mm-hmm. of the other commercial agreement. But, or maybe asking the startup to have an agreement to always use our product, not the competitor. That's not, that, that's not how we should do. They have their limitation. They have their own goals and mission. So we always need to respect the, the, our portfolio company's direction first, not the, our interest. That's also a challenge for CBC, but we, that's why Yamaha Motor Ventures is a separate entity from parent company and we have fund. So we have independent you know, decision-making and move. So that's why we're very keen about the having the light wall or in protection from the, we, we need to protect both sides, startup fund and also the use. And what we are doing, maybe I can share some examples, how we support that. Yep. Usually CBC or management or BUs would say, you know, what, how should we create like a win-win relationship? We get something and they get something and we, it's win-win. Of course, it's an ideal world. If we can start building such a kind of engagement from the beginning, that would be great. Fantastic. But what we are doing right now is more focusing on how, what we can give first, give and give, what kind of support we can do that. And uh, yeah, so one company, one of the portfolio companies we highly engage in right now is advanced farm technologies. They are developing the autonomous strawberry harvester. You can Google the company. And they are in the process of ramping up the production, that scaling phase. But prototyping few units, few machines, and also mass production, they're a huge gap. Very Uh, different. Very different, right? You need to have design for manufacturing, and also you need to have a proper process for R&D, manufacturing, and also maybe support in the field as well. And so we sent two engineers from pairing company to the startup as a full-time employee. So one has the background in the R&D of motorcycles, and also he has he has been an engineer for MotoGP, like F1 for motorcycle. And he was an engineer for MotoGP. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he, so he can help like design for manufacturing process. And another person is a software engineer. He can do like simulation for design. Strawberry or in any kinds of fluids, there is seasonality. Yes. So if you want to try, let's say apple, if you miss something in this season, you need to wait another year. So you wouldn't be able to have the testing process. Advanced farm technology rely on like simulation-based testing, especially machine learning or image processing part. So that person, the one software engineer from our company, help on that. We we don't have Yamaha doesn't have any commercial agreement with the company right now. But solely we take those two engineers. They are super smart and good engineers. They are quite talented. Even business units want to keep them, but 
we decided to have those two taking up from existing businesses and stationed to the startup. So we do, we do it, and also not only you know, physically they are in U- in US, but not only physically, but also remotely we support data analytics company asking getting support from my previous team, digital transformation, digital strategy division to data scientists are supporting one of our portfolio companies as well remotely. So it depends on like the situation of the company and also types of the job. But I think directly offering the human resources that can solve their challenge immediately is really what we are focusing on, like pushing forward right now. And for us, they are enjoying the world, enjoy they enjoy working with in startup ecosystem, startup world, and they they grow super rapidly. I'm understanding a different work style and also that's similar to what I've experienced in the business school. You have if you are only in Yamaha, the only thing you can learn is the Yamaha way. And there is no chance to learn other companies' way. But Maybe if you move to other large corporation, automotive world, maybe not that much different, but suddenly you go to startup world and know there are tons of things that they are not doing well compared to our view, but that's how they learn the business at their stage. So they can see Yamaha from outsider's view, and also they can see themselves the from start like engineer engineers view like startup engineers view that that's been very beneficial for the those individuals and also young so you mentioned two golden nuggets one is that win-win doesn't mean that you force products on your portfolio companies which would be actually the wrong way to do it so i think that's one the second one is finding the right time to help, which is not necessarily right at the moment of investments, but maybe at the time of scaling. And then you mentioned something which I want to double click, which is really about the opportunities for these employees of Yamaha Motors to be able to go and engage with startups. I want to talk about something you mentioned earlier, which is your company started making startups investment in 2015 from balance sheet and then moved away from balance sheet investment into fund when you joined, I think, in January 2022. Can you talk about the pros and cons of balance sheet and what drove to that change to be fund-based? Okay. We currently, let me talk a little bit about what we are doing right now. So currently, we, have, we take hybrid approach. So we still do the off-the-balance sheet investment led by PUs and highly strategic and also we have fund balancing the strategic benefit and also financial benefit as well oh I so, see you uh, do both yeah currently we do both then let me talk about the history so 2015 we were doing i started sort of investment as a balance sheet investment and regardless the amount is even it's a one us dollar investment we had to get a global from the top that was the deal. And, but uh, of course, it was uh, for us, it was necessarily a process, I feel. We need to give enough information and exposure about the startups and also how, what's CVC and what's investment 
to help top management to get up to the speed. They shouldn't make decision on what they don't know. So at first, it's a, we brought everything to them and how other companies are doing and also each deal, we explain each deal pretty detail. And it, it was really necessary and great time to help them to get up to speed. And uh, not, not them, but uh, Yamaha as a whole. But the challenge is it takes so long time. And when you say uh, long time, you mean two months, six months? Maximum probably six months. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah. And we in such kind of pace, we would be kicked out from good deals. And that that's one challenge. And also after starting doing serial investments, there are types of companies that are actually in between BU's interest and also did we agency area or more like exploratory area. So all of the all types of deals, like the pretty core uh, horizon one, horizon two, horizon three, those are actually mixing up in balance sheet deals. But I think we think we thought that investment criteria or decision making process for pretty much core a core business area investment should be different from exploratory investment. Time scale is different. How we do the due diligence is different. So we believe that just mixing up two into one bucket of the balance sheet deal was not good. So in 2019, we decided to have the hybrid approach, highly strategic BU led investment, a BU led engagement or investment should be led by BU using off the balance sheet, using balance sheet capital. But little bit agency areas or like exploratory areas from our core businesses, that should be taken care by fund so that we can make decision in a quite in an agile way. We don't need to have the BU's buy-in or commercial agreement requirements, something like that. But still, we wouldn't miss the opportunity to cap- identify and capture the important trend, technical trend and the business trend that potentially impact for Yamaha in next five to 10 years. If we just have balance sheet deals, we would probably miss the opportunity. Let me test a little bit. I like the hybrid because it gives you options. Let me double click on this hybrid mode. So you have balance sheet, very strategic, driven by the business group. Then you have the fund. But my understanding of your fund is it's still very strategic. You don't have a very high financial goal beyond not losing money. It's still about strategy on the exploration side. Can you double click on this? Yeah, sure. We have currently two funds. And the first fund focus was more like exploratory agency areas. But in these days, like we are really moving, like shifting our focus areas to closer to core businesses, not the core, but like mm-hmm. agency area, I would say. The reason why we are doing like this is to, to bring about the tangible strategic benefits to the parent company a little bit shorter, short time frame, not waiting for five or 10 years. Also, like. They're just simply investing into completely new areas or maybe just we invest in agriculture and also healthcare wellness area as well. But technically we don't have the BU 
like agriculture BU or healthcare BU. So we have, of course, the advanced farm technology I described is agriculture ag tech company, and we have a capability to support that. But if we keep investing into quite exploratory area, we don't have capability to support those companies. And also it's getting a little bit difficult to finding a landing place after the investment. But still we have like strategic areas. We want to build up new business like agriculture or health or medical. So we keep doing that. But at the same time, we need to balance the, the proximity to the core businesses, not only core business, but more like the relevancy to our core capabilities. If we have capabilities, we would be able to build a business or we would be able to help startups. But if there is no relevancy in even our capabilities, it's challenging. So that's why we are taking modifying the focus areas we be in these days. Very interesting. So maybe let me ask a few questions about the, this proximity getting closer to the core, because typically that would be corporate R&D looking into it. So how do you align with corporate R&D, whether it's too close to what they were planning to do anyway? And is there a certain way where you align, you cooperate, or you create a wall between you? Yeah, I say we are quite aligned because the, the, our mothership organization is corporate R&D. So their focus areas are like agriculture or mobility service or healthcare. They have a small, like new types of mobility. They have four core strategic areas. They are trying to build up new business. And so we, we have alignment, but not, I would say loosely tight. Loosely if, we tight. Complete, if we completely align, it would limit our capability to look at like missing of like opportunities like the missed from parent mothership's viewpoint. So of course we tied, but quite loosely tied, I would say. Okay, very interesting. And so when you look at these companies that are quite close to the core, the question would be about would they become MA target? How do you think about it and how do you communicate about it? Yeah, you mentioned about the wall. That's like M&A, CBC, that's like the strictly set wall between CBC and M&A. Yes, our portfolio companies can be like on the list of target M&A list or whatever, like short list, long list, whatever it is. Yes, they can be a target, but it's completely up to parent companies' decision making. So. We are staying away from the discussion as a CVC because we want to keep supporting the startup and yep. also maximizing their value as well. That's why I decided to set up Yamaha Ventures. So we we are different entity. We are service company. We are not tech company or in the mobility company. Yes, that's we have M and A team in parent company side, and also each BUs have planning or strategic group think about like inorganic growth, including M&A. So that's their role and responsibility. That's another golden nugget, I think, which is this very yeah. clear separation, which is all about, like you mentioned very early, being entrepreneurs first. I want to touch on the investment decision making. So clearly you have a hybrid mode and 
I think you clarified about the balance sheet investment. But for the fund, do you need business group to champion an investment? How big is your investment committee? Who is in your investment committee? Yeah. So for fund side, the investment committee, we have six investment committee members and three are from parent, three are from PUs and the rest are from Yamamoto Ventures. And so we don't need to have a champion from PUs to each investment, but we get feedback or assessment from PUs, not like in champion or buying, but more like how do you think about this company and this business model, this technology? You are the expert. How do you think? And if potentially, let's say if we invest in what kind of potential collaboration can be done, don't think about the time frame, but what kind of opportunities we have to build like a win-win kind of relationship in mid to long term. So we have that kind of conversation with HPUs and get feedback and share the feedback to the IC members to help them to understand how internal people see the technology and also the business model. Very nice. Kay, I am so glad you could join today and thank you again for all the insights and being so transparent about how you are building your CVC and engaging with entrepreneurs, bringing value at the right time over time. Thank you so much, Nicola.